1: made a bet at daytona they were pretty much everybody from under oath was at daytona we made a bet that if i won uh we were getting 88 tattoos and then it just never stopped uh we've been talking about it for the last two weeks um apparently i have to get a neck tattoo which i'm not real sure if that's really gonna happen or not um but yeah we're uh next time we're all together i guess we're all gonna get tattoos that is a bet,
2: and a bet I will never make, but I guess if you bet it, you have to do it. Is that you the story? To? Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to NASCAR America, presented by Liberty Mutual. Steve Latart Jeff Burton, A.J. Allmendinger.
3: Guys, I don't know. The tattoo bet seems a little aggressive. Yeah, I want to know where he has to get it. Like, is there, a, you know, like, right here, or, where, you know, what do I mean, you put it? I mean, there's no
2: way it's a neck tattoo.
3: Yeah, I need to
4: show Mike Shank that, because when we won Rolex, the worst thing I did, he had to shave my logo in his head.
2: So at least <laughs> that disappears finally, so. Well. Well, that's aggressive, though. Yeah, that's was. aggressive. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So the bet is talked about and supposedly going to get paid off because Alex Bowman did go to victory lane, the 88 great a week ago in Las Vegas. We documented well the decision to pit or not pit, perhaps cost him a chance at that win, trying to run down at the end there. But this race, solid all day long, great speed out of the 88. What was your thoughts on their performance? I mean, just from watching practice,
4: he was going to be the dominant car at times, the 12 had a chance, but really, when that 88 car got out front, Alex Bowman could really do whatever he wanted with him. That's the thing I noticed was if you wanted to run the bottom, he'd run the bottom. If you wanted to run the top, he could do that. The car had outright speed. A couple of questionable times, that restart's getting kind of sucked back yeah. in the pack, but you could see he could drive right by anybody when he wanted to, and they were the dominant car and deserved the win.
3: Yeah, I think for me, I you know, went to Vegas, and I was like, okay, that's one race. You know, where are they, has Hendrick really made that big of a change? Has the Camaro been really that much better, made better? And clearly it has, and clearly Alex Bowman in this team, we keep talking about, you know, where Jimmy Johnson is with the team, where Chase Elliott is, you know, where William Byron is. Well, Alex Bowman is right now, so far, like, we saw Chase had a really good run, but Alex Bowman is cementing his place at Hendrick Motorsports, saying, hey, you give me the right stuff and I can run up front, and you know he's just he's done a really nice job yeah i was impressed no doubt but coming up big news broke today concerning next
2: year's tire and how it'll affect pit stops we're going to bring the professor nate ryan in to discuss that and all the details but first let's check out more of the post-race reaction from alex bowman and the big win for the 88 Yeah. yeah thank you
1: guys so much it's amazing can't
3: believe it That's so awesome, Greg. Thank you so much. I should probably do my best not to get
1: this one stuck. get stuck? Oh, you're good. Greg and all the guys, they're just on point. I mean, we've unloaded the last two weeks. I don't think we've got a change in the race car from how it came off the truck. So uh, that makes my job a heck of a lot easier. It's really been our probably best couple practices the last two years that I've uh, been driving for HMS. and. Um, I just attribute that to the hard work in the in the shop and um, and great great work over the off season. Every run in practice, I would honestly ask Greg. I'd be like, "It's doing a couple different things, but like, how are our lap times?" And he's like, "You're like two and a half tenths better than anybody on that on those laps." So um, really knew we had a really good car, and it was just our job to keep up with the racetrack from there.
2: So, guys, every Monday, we talk about the turning point. Sometimes it's a pit stop. Sometimes it's a pit call. Jeff, a little unique situation this week for the turning point. The turning point for Fontana and Auto Club Speedway was basically the first lap the 88 turned on the racetrack on Friday because you just heard Alex Bowman say it. They didn't change anything. I mean, every week someone wins a race at a different point. I really believe this race was won when that 88 was probably loaded in the hauler back in Charlotte before even this Friday. So impressive in practice. You mentioned it a second ago, the best car all weekend. But just because you have the fastest car doesn't mean you can win the race. They executed on top of us. In a way, yeah. It can be the easiest weekend
4: when you have the fastest car. But as a driver, as a crew chief, as a team, it also can be one of the most difficult weekends because you don't ever want to touch it. And we heard Alex Bowman talk about trying to keep up with the racetrack. Well, when you have a car that is so dominant, you know the track is going to keep changing but you're scared to touch the race car. So I thought that whole 88 group did such a fantastic job, knowing that they had the best car, but not ever getting too far ahead of themselves where they start adjusting it, thinking the track's going to go one way and it not. So uh, as you said, I mean, it, when they unloaded that thing on Friday, it was it was uh, pretty clear who was going to be the fastest car.
2: Well, it seems like as a crew chief, I remember, you know, there was always pressure. Pressure to be faster, pressure to make the right calls, but the pressure is something you learn and you adapt to. You know, it's it's kind of the nature of the business if you can imagine what isn't natural is the anxiety of that best car right because then you sit back thinking well what happened you know what could go wrong if we don't win with this will we ever have a car this good i mean it's that dream weekend that can turn into a nightmare if it doesn't work i tweeted that i said you know the best car doesn't always win because jeff he mentioned restarts pit stops restarts executed near flawlessly for the 88 i can't see
3: a misstep really throughout the whole day you know, i want to add something else to it as well i was out there and on friday it was probably 85 degrees it was hot and then on sunday it was 50s yeah. I mean, it was a major major swing in weather and track temp and and i was walking through the garage and, and everybody mentioned the 88 everybody said the '88s is the fastest car but there would always be a but as it always is right <laughs> but he never ran it. he didn't run as many laps as this guy mm-hmm. but we were you know but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they made the changes they needed to make for changing conditions. And, and I think and uh, a crew chief, right, you heard, you heard Alex talking about my car's doing several things, but Greg, my crew chief, is telling me that we're two and a half tenths quicker. So as a driver at that point, having the wisdom to say, okay, we're two and a half tenths quicker, what do we really need to focus on and not try to fix everything? Because when you have that big of an advantage, you got to be careful not to get lulled into sleep and not working hard. But at the same time, understanding that speed is speed. And you say it all the time. I can, I can, I can make it drive really good, but it might be slow, especially with this package. And Alex accepting the fact, okay, it's not going to be perfect. We have enough speed. Let's don't take the speed out of it trying to make it drive better. Let's keep the speed in it. And that is what these teams deal with. Never before in the sport until the last two years have teams dealt with, okay, the car's going to have to drive the fastest way, maybe not driving well. Right. I mean, it's never been like that before. Them having the wisdom to understand they had the speed and not getting away from that concept, trying to make the driver happy, that to me shows trust between the driver and the crew chief. So
2: you mentioned trust. You know me. I love the relationships part of this sport, part of the game of racing. And when I look at social media, Um, You know, it can sometimes fool you, sometimes show you something. But Alex Bowman and Greg Ives, they take shots at each other on social media. And I say that because if they're publicly willing to poke at one another, that tells me they're getting to a comfortable level in their relationship when the times are tough. And they have been for Hendry Motorsports. Like, I'm going to raise my hand and say, I was the one of the most critical. This is a company built on championships, and they couldn't run up front consistently. Yes, they continue to win with the nine some, and the 88 did get a win. But overall, they were not up front. Alex Bowman and Greg Ives seem to be comfortable in their relationship. And Hendrick Motorsports, so far, three races in, I am impressed with the improved performance. Because why the 88 did win, we have seen a variety of cars up front. Jimmy Johnson's final trip to California was going to be emotional regardless, but he was up front. That Hendrick Motorsports
3: equipment was doing what it needed to. So, so I, I think you've got to take a, a step back a year, step back two years, and think about what Hendrick Motorsports did. You know, they had a lot of experienced drivers championship drivers, Jeff Gordon left. they they brought in young people. It reminded me of a football team that said, okay, we've been at the top of the game, but we're going to have to rebuild in order to stay at the top of the game. We're going to take a little bit of a hit for a little while. Is that starting to show? Right. Is Alex Bowman now the guy that they said, okay, he, he had a lot of experience but not in good equipment. We think, the guy, we think he can get it done. Now you got a young guy that has the right amount of experience at the right time in his career, same thing with Chase Elliott, right? They're hoping William Byron can get there as well. They quite possibly could, in a matter of a few years, go from one of the older teams to one of the younger teams with a lot of talent. And, that, and, and that's a big deal. That is a huge deal to have young talent in this sport that you can run with for five, six, seven, eight, ten years.
2: Well, I'm gonna pick on AJ here because I've listened to his radio. But a smooth weekend for Alex Bowman <laughs> means not so much for Martin <laughs> Trix, Jr. And he didn't hold back his frustrations over the 19 team radio.
1: The and the 11, they can both kiss my 10-4, the kiss the 12-22, I hit a Next
3: time I will. Yes sir. <laughs> going
1: on. What was that? What the hell happened? Uh, I'm not
3: too sure right now. Something with a gum. I think Lee's to... Hey! Yay, f***ing awesome. awesome.
0: Damn. Unbelievable. Two times, Danny. How many times? Just fighting like cats and dogs and uh, yeah, I think I was on the bottom there. He was right there on the right rear and it just dumps air so much on my right rear spoiler that it caused me to plow tight and
1: kind of shove up into him. Yeah, I'm, I'm in
3: trouble here. I'm
1: my, my, my off, That damn it. Oh, okay, that's it. Check the plate. Sorry, let you down in here again. It won't happen again. I promise. Good car, at least. I
3: don't know what else to do about
2: it. So, a lot to cover there. First, the tire changer. It wasn't a gun issue. It was actually a hand issue. It ended up being a cramp of some sort. It went to the infield care center. Was released. I picked on you to start, so I'm going to give you the first chance to defend on yourself. I believe this is Martin Trex Jr. frustrated with a lot of things, but it has to start on pit road. Two weeks in a row, he's had good cars. Never know, maybe even winning cars if they run the whole race that were kind of eliminated on pit road.
4: You know, I heard you and Dale Jr. many a times. It wasn't all roses on the radio. (laughs) You weren't all the calmest guy in the world. But, yeah, it's... If you take... His, his frustrations with his teammates. This is what this aero package lends itself to. you got a great organization that builds fast cars at a racetrack that you're wide open for most of the time, especially through three and four. You're going to be around your teammates a lot. Sometimes you want your teammates to help you a little bit, trying to make a pass. Sometimes it's just said, hey, don't hurt me. But as we saw, Martin Truex Jr. was frustrated at times. And it, as it goes back to, you can look at it two ways of having fast race cars, you're happy about that, but you're not capitalizing on it. And that's happened the last two weeks, and the frustration's boiling over. Even though we're only three races in, I feel like we always have a little bit of a doubt, okay, if we can't get it done now, like, is it going to happen? Martin Trucks Jr. is going to win a lot of races this year, but definitely we could see uh, this racing, especially at Auto Club Speedway, had him more than mad at his teammates and i wonder how that joe gibbs
2: racing team meeting went well they yeah i mean they had so much success last year and it is early but you bring up a great point and you said it last year these mile and a half race tracks we've had a mile and a half an hour two mile they are not like we saw a decade ago it's a lot like daytona and talladega for for a moment right it got spread out at fontana but the restarts look like a super speedway race where
3: even if you do everything right the cars around you can dictate how successful you are so listen i i I with that group of drivers, I don't care if they're yelling at each other. I, you know, they'll get over it, right? They, they, that group of drivers, that Joe Gibbs, seems to me to be guys that work together and work together really well. When you're racing with with competition, and and by the way, you're racing against your teammates, not with them, and and you're all battling for the same spot, you're going to have these times where you're upset. And listen, I don't blame Martin Truex Jr. He's used to he's used to driving from the back to the front. He's used to dominating races and kept losing track position and felt like he had a fast race car, and it gets frustrating. And then when you get the fender knocked in, you get something changed, it takes away that much more opportunity. So it, it, it quite simply is early in the year. He expects to win races, and good for him. Right, that's what you want. You want to be in that position where when you're running tenth, you're pissed. Like that's terrible. Like that's not good enough for us. And that's where Martin Truex Jr. and this team is. And I said it last week. as crew chief, I think he's doing a great job. Like you know, second, you know, this is his first time at doing it. And that that car has been fast. And and I think I think on Monday, I think Martin Truex can take a step back and say, you know what. We're, we're fine here. It's going to be okay. And I agree with you. I think he's going to win some races and they're going to be just fine.
2: So you, you mentioned his crew chief. So he did pass the test as far as a fast race car, because as you mentioned, crew chief change, Cole Pern no longer on the pit box. Crew chiefing is way more than just fast race cars. Now can he take the next step, which is communicate with your driver during the week, find out where the frustration is, reassure him that the pit crew can back up the performance on the racetrack. Those are the things that you don't really get taught as you move up through the system. We'll see how James Small does that with Martin Truex Jr. But it wasn't just him. It was more bad luck for Ryan Blaney as well, who had a great run going, hits from second at the end of the second stage, which ended up being the final restart. He loses a spot, comes out in third,
3: and, Jeff, second to third, seems like no big
2: deal. Why is it such a big deal for Ryan Blaney?
3: Well, I think it's a huge deal and because and, if you think about it, as this run goes on, Ryan Blaney – runs everybody back down that passes him he gets to second and way faster than Alex Bowman hits only a couple seconds behind Alex Bowman if he ever could have gotten a lead right here if he ever could have gotten it he may could have pitted with the lead or at least closer to Alex Bowman and then on that last stint he doesn't have to go try to make up a four second advantage and so you never know when that moment's gonna come. You never know when the most important restart's gonna happen or the, the pass is gonna happen. And every laugh on this restart, you can see he's a quarter panel away from getting cleared. It just never got cleared. The front stretch, we had the 88 side draft. Two cars Here you go, the 12
2: up top right here. I think this is fascinating because I think the top's rolling. He's going by the 88, but this side draft by the 88, watch this, guys at home. Watch how close he gets to the door. AJ, that moment stalls the 12, and that makes Martin Truex Jr.'s run not as impressive when he gets there.
4: Yeah, when he makes the run here, he's going to go down to the bottom, make it three wide again, and that's the thing. This lends itself, this aero package, to great racing like this on the restarts, but there's so many times, and Alex Bowman seemed to always make the right move, it's if you can just make that one move, you get the job done, you get clear, then you can kind of start dictating your own pace, but we see here he still hasn't got to the lead. Now he's trying to run with Martin Truex Jr. The 88, Alex Bowman, smartly knowing that, you know what, the 12 is probably going to be my toughest competitor to win this race. Instead of trying to make it three wide again, says, I'm going to push the 19 by him, I'm going to run the high line here, clear the 12, and once he clears the 12, Ryan Blaney gets stalled out, and at this point he kind of falls back a couple of spots, and it just it, it triggers like nothing ever worked out for Ryan Blaney. And as you said there, Steve, because of that, does Ryan Blaney have to run too hard after that, before the first pit stop or the last pit stop, and then after that pit stop trying to run down the 88? Right. And he came up two laps short of having at least a good
2: finish and finished in second. So you say run that hard. This is the time I want to bring it up good year. Forever, everybody wants softer tires that fall off. I love the fact, and I loved it even as a crew chief, that the driver could burn the tires off the car. It was my job to give you a setup, and your job as a driver to take care of the equipment. Ryan Blaney was put in a position where he had to, right? It was race, win, or run for second. So I'm not blaming Ryan. He burned up that right rear tire. But I also want to make sure I don't feel good you should get the blame. They're bringing a tire that makes great racing. That's what we're looking for. We don't want that dry tire that can run forever.
3: Yeah, listen, that, the, the tires the last two weekends have been really helped contribute to the quality of the race. We've seen cars take off really fast, fall back. Think about Harvick last week. Right? If that tire doesn't fall off, he's still he's going driving away from everybody. So the tires the last two weeks of these racetracks have been a really good combination. And you're right. That's what the drivers have been asking for, right? They've been asking for it. And and if you, it's it's impossible, it's all but impossible for Goodyear to build a tire that is going to fall off a ton and not possibly have some kind of failure. The great thing about the failures that they had yeah. was the drivers felt them. They never had a catastrophic explosion where the thing just blew out of it. The drivers felt them coming apart. And I even heard Todd Gordon talking about that last run on, on Sirius XM. I heard him talking about it, that more time with Ryan, and he doesn't start him off that loose. Because Ryan's going Ryan burnt the right rear tire off the car. He didn't know he was going to burn the right rear tire off the car. He, now as a crew chief, he knows the kind of style that Ryan Blaney is going to drive, and he won't make that mistake again. But that's just a new driver, new crew chief working together, learning those things. But I love the fact that they have that margin. I love the fact that they're going to have to think about it. And it's not just going out and running every lap 100% as hard as you can without potentially damaging the tires. Yeah, right side tires wearing out. The left front tire on board
2: was a flat, but it ended up being a valve stem knocked off on the on the pit stop. Nothing to do with good at all. But coming up on today's show, Nate Ryan stops by with a big change. Talking about tires. Big change on pit road for the 2021 season. Plus, Harrison Burton took a big leap in the victory lane on Saturday, adding the Burton family legacy Everybody was excited. Plus, we'll also hear from other drivers with their takeaways for Sunday's race out at Fontana. NASCAR America on NBCSN is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. Earlier today, NASCAR announced a switch to single lug nut pit stops for the 2021 Cup Series season. The switch is basically driven by the 18-inch wheel. It's an aluminum wheel that will be run on the 2021 next-gen car. So, with that and more, Nate Ryan from NBCSports.com has joined us. The professor, Sand sport, sport coat. Yeah. All right, all right. It's so now, the just,
0: all right, just, I like that. The professor, Nate. All right, okay. Nate. So that we heard the <laughs> announcement today. Tell us more. Well, you mentioned it, Stevie. The 18-inch wheels are what NASCAR said has driven this decision. The next-gen car is intended to be more showroom-relevant and tend to be more like what you drive on the street. So 18-inch wheels are what you find more on street cars. So they've gone to 18-inch wheels with the 2021 car. Because of that, NASCAR doesn't feel as if five lug nuts will secure that wheel as well as one lug nut. And the reason is they don't think when you do five lug nuts, you can get all of them tight to the torquing you need to have. Uh, their engineering analysis says they'll be, they're about 30% less durable than if you use one lug nut. So NASCAR will go to one lug nut on its pit stops next year. Now, everything else will be virtually the same, like you're seeing right here. You'll still see guys start on the right side, run to the left side. Uh, Pit stops should take about the same amount of time. The only difference is with a single lug nut, NASCAR estimates it'll probably take about a half second to fasten the wheel onto the car. As you can see here, this is a, a Goodyear's photo here of what the new single lug nut will look like. With the five lug nuts, it takes a top-flight tire changer about eight-tenths of a second. So about three-tenths of a second quicker with the single lug nut. So, Jeff, I think it starts
2: with the 18-inch tire, right? From everything I've learned, all the conversations I've had with Goodyear, the 18-inch tire is going to open up just a tremendous amount of opportunity for them to design tires for racing. When you go from an 18-inch tire, then it's wheel material. An 18-inch steel wheel, me, you, and AJ would all have to help carry the thing around the car. That would be a little bit ridiculous. So now you have an aluminum reel. Which I think in my mind, that's what moves from one lug to five. Where do you stand?
3: Yeah, that, yeah that's what NASCAR is saying from an engineering standpoint. And I, I know I'm sure a lot of people at home are, are panicking right now, thinking, oh my goodness, this is going to look like an IndyCar or an F1 pit stop. In no way is it going to look like that. It's going to look exactly like a, a, a Cup style pit stop now, a NASCAR style pit stop. Guys running over the wall, going around the car. And the majority of the time on the pit stop is spent getting around the car, getting the wheel put on, getting back around the car, changing the left side. So, in, in, in F-car, F1 and IndyCar, you know the, the, the tire changers are sitting there in position, car drives up, they quickly change a tire. What you see right here, there's four tire changers. This is not the look that you're going to see for a NASCAR race. So this happens much quicker. The major concern with this type of pit stop that we had in NASCAR is it's less opportunity to make mistakes. And we see so many times that pit stops matter in our races. With this still happening, with guys still running around the car, still having to put fuel in it, all that staying the same, still have a jack man, you're still going to have the opportunity for teams to do a better job than other teams and change positions on pit road. And and as long as that stays intact, I'm good. If if we're not, if pit stops aren't going to matter anymore, I'd be really upset. But I just don't see, you know, the the pit stops not. I don't see it changing. I think that one lug nut may change the skill set. From a guy where you don't have to hit five, but getting around the car, getting the wheel put back on, going back around the car, all that is where time is made up and time is lost, and that's not going to change. So because of all that, I'm okay with it, because positions and skill and and athleticism are still going to matter on the pit stops.
2: Yeah, pit stops are a vital part of NASCAR. The strategy, the execution, the opportunity to win or lose, that needs to be kept there. I agree with you. I did write down two positions, though, because you mentioned skill set. If I'm a crew chief right now, I think this takes maybe the 10 A-plus tire changers on pit Road and makes 20 or 30 of them. But it takes the 10 or 15 A-plus Jackman and makes about five of them. Because let me tell you, this is all going to come down to the Jackman. I imagine because, because, because the left side, one lug nut off, those tire changers are going to be waiting. The other thing this comes down to is you don't always take more than one can of gas, but without a catch can man, that fueler, He's got to, remember, he doesn't come over, plug the can in, leave, and go get the other can. Oh, no, no, no. He has to bring that can back. That means no fuel is going in the car. So I'm not sure. I'm completely convinced it's going to be the same speed. I expect to see one or two seconds. I don't think it matters. Look, pit stops pick up speed every year long. You can never guess. But if they're faster at all, fuel fill is going to be a major, major
0: Point so of the price contention. might go up for a gas man or a jack man. Yeah, but I think it'll team. go down on a tire yeah,
2: Right. I, I agree with him. You don't have to have the absolute best guy. On. You've
0: driven them all. What do you think? You've the had gas, every the gas
2: man
4: associations call, and they, they think that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> You've, You've like, driven I, them I, all. I like you bringing up the Formula One pit stops. You need a small town to do those because well, the about twenty two. Right? Yeah, there's about twenty two people that do those pit stops. But yeah, it's the the biggest difference is the guy still having to run around the car mm-hmm. because in IndyCar, you. Really, it was on the driver. You had to hit the marks because if you went long, which is still going to be important in these cars, you got to hit your marks because the guys running around the cars, that's where the speed is going to be made up. You know, in any car, if you ran long, you slid through it a little bit. All four guys had to slide over and hit it. So it's still going to be important to have athletic tire changers, athletic pit crews as a whole. And as a driver... We don't care how long it takes as long as we have the fastest
0: guys
2: doing it. That's the only truth I've heard. So I know we're
0: all anxious to see what this is going to look like on track. And we did get a little bit of a preview today. William Byron was testing the next-gen car here at Auto Club Speedway. As you can see, he's testing there Monday and Tuesday. They have the single lug nut tires on that car today and tomorrow, but they're not doing pit stops in race-simulated conditions yet. So still to be seen on how that'll work, but I'm sure teams are probably as you guys know are already working on that right now.
2: Well, I mean all the parts of pieces. It's it's really a brand new race car. So I mean it's yes. uh it, we've talked about it all the time who's going to make the quickest development. That's 2021, no offense, but unless my math is way off, we have about 33 more in 2020. So I would still probably <laughs> be a little focused on on the here and the now.
3: Yeah, the, the change happens, right? Change happens and, you, and as evolution happens in the sport or in any anything, business sport, fam, whatever, you have to You can't lose complete loss. You can't lose all of your roots. You can't lose, you know, everything that NASCAR has been about. And I just don't see that being the case here. I think that the single lug nut is obviously different, but we're still going to have tire changers, still going to have jack men, still going to have gas men. Pit stops are still going to matter. It, none of that's going to change. Got to find your pit box. Kurt Busch struggled with that. I've seen drivers
2: do it. Right, it can still happen. Uh, you mentioned change. You're
4: always throwing down on the <laughs> drivers. I change. I am tired.
2: the only crew chief on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> I got to put up for the crew chief union. Hey, some unfortunate down. news also on
0: uh, NBC.com today about MotoGP. Right, we got a story up on NBCSports.com/slash/MotorStevie about MotoGP. Unfortunately, Sunday they canceled their season opener because of a corona, the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, much of the MotoGP industry is based in Italy and unfortunately the flights directly from Italy to Doha where the season opener is going to be, uh, people getting off those flights had, were being quarantined for two weeks because of the coronavirus outbreak. So unfortunately the season opener had to be canceled. They announced today that the second race, uh, which was March 22nd in Thailand, that race has been indefinitely postponed because the Thai government said because of the coronavirus outbreak, they couldn't hold that race that weekend. so, Unfortunately, uh, season opener this weekend in Qatar has been canceled. Thai uh, GP has been postponed. That means that the first race will be April fifth at Circuit of the Americas in Austin, and you'll be able to see it on NBC Sports Group. We announced last week that NBC and NBC, NBC and NBCSN will have MotoGP races this year. Well, it's obviously you know it's unfortunate reasons that has
2: to be canceled, which has become a worldwide conversation. Um, but excited to see MotoGP when they do resume back in Austin. I'm glad we have it on the network. I love racing wherever. So, Nate, thanks for joining thanks us. A uh, lot coming from Nate. But uh, after taking the checkered flag Sunday, Alex Bowman spoke about his contract status. You would think it should be easy after winning the second race of his career. Sunday, March 15th in St. Petersburg, IndyCar takes a green flag for a new season on NBCSN. And this May, NBC is home to the greatest spectacle in racing the Indianapolis 500.
4: I guess the real question is, I believe, if I remember correctly, your contract is only through 2020, so uh, does this win kind of help make that conversation a little bit easier for negotiating an extension again? No, he's going to need multiple
0: wins, so we're going to
1: work on that. Yeah. Oh, man. I love Gregory. Um, Every year is a contract year. Uh, Every year of my life in in the Cup Series has been a contract year. I've had contracts, and two weeks before Daytona, I read a tweet that said I'm not going to Daytona, so... Um, there's never a a situation that I feel um, completely comfortable in. You know, I feel like if if somebody doesn't want you driving your race their race car, you're not going to be there driving it. So um, I'm as motivated as ever, doing everything I can to uh, try to be the best on and off the racetrack as I can be. Hendrick Motorsports is where I want to be. It's where I want to stay for the rest of my career. I don't have. Um, the, it's just where I've always wanted to be. It, it, it's where I want to stay. So I. Hopefully we can make that happen. But like you said, it is a contract year. Um, but honestly, every, uh, every year of my career has been a contract year, so it's not much different than last year. Well, to be fair to Alex Bowman, he is far from the only driver
2: in a contract year. Impressive stack of names here. Brad and Blaney over at the Penske camp. Boyer at SHR. Jones, Matty D. The list is long. Kyle Larson. Okay, drivers, you guys have all been in contract years, I'm sure. What is it like to be the man behind the
3: wheel knowing... That you don't have a guaranteed seat for the next year. Well, it's funny, you know, Greg. I've said, we, you know, no, he's got to win more races, and that's that's always been. I was going to bring that up until picked on uh, me. Uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the crew chiefs have always believed you don't put a, you don't sign a contract with a driver because the sooner you do, that's when he quits trying hard. That's not right. That's wrong. <laughs> you, the truth is, when you've done a good job, you want to be rewarded. You want it. You want that security. Now, if you haven't done a good job, you shouldn't expect it, and you can't expect it. But, but. You know, if you're doing a good job and you're doing what the company's asking you to do and you're doing everything you know to do and, it, and you're succeeding, then it's reasonable to expect that you would get a contract and, and, and have that security. And it is it is a completely different feel and completely different atmosphere when you know that the guy that you're driving for believes in you. And the contract, when he gives you that contract, that multi-year contract, that is 100% confidence that he believes in you. And that's what Alex Bowman is working himself toward. Yeah, and... Let's be perfectly honest. A, a
4: contract is a piece of paper. I know that for a fact because there's a a number on it that says when you're up. That doesn't mean anything because Alex Bowman said it perfectly. Like if they don't want you driving their car, they're not going to have you drive their car. So a piece of paper is nice to have, but you know, for somebody like Alex Bowman, I really look at you know, still, although he's been here for a while, but I, I say relatively young in his Cup career in the sense of being competitive finally have a competitive ride, and he took a chance on himself. After subbing for Dale Jr., he could easily went and kind of re-signed a contract, maybe with a lesser team, but he said, no, I want to be here. I'm going to take a chance on myself. And when you do that, when you're so used to driving every lap, because I understand that. I used to do that at times a little too hard. You drive every lap like, maybe it's going to be my last. That keeps pushing you. And it's nice to do that sometimes as a driver, to know that I have to be on the edge every lap. To go out there and earn that contract. Sure, does winning this race for Alex Bowman help? For sure it does. But what else helps? Winning next week and the following week and the week after that. So, Alex Bowman winning this race isn't gonna take a step back now at Phoenix and say, you know what, okay, I'm good. I should be able to get a contract heading into next year. The way you guarantee that is you go out there and you perform every week to where almost a team member or a, a team owner has to give you a contract because they can't let you go.
3: Yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't see people that can win cup races as the kind of people that are going to say, "I got a contract. I don't have to try anymore." Like I just never bought that. Like because if, if you know how hard it is to do it, and, you, and if you're able to do it, you're just going to quit because you have a contract. Doesn't that doesn't make sense to me? And I know that. I know that I had times in my career where I was people wanted me in the garage. I had times in my career where almost no one wanted me in the garage. And and when either way. Either way, if somebody gives you that contract and it's everything you asked for, then you feel the obligation to go out and give that guy 100%. And he just signed you. You have to perform. And then when you don't have it, you got to go prove to everybody that you can do it. So either way, either way, driver's going to give 100%, unless he's got something going on in his world that you don't understand. But motivated... Type A personalities—they're going to go out and race as hard as they can because that's who they are. If you had a three-year contract, you wouldn't have changed. The, in my opinion, you wouldn't have changed the way you drove because that's who you are. That's what your personality is. And I just—I think that when people do the job, they need to be rewarded. And the way you reward someone is—you is, know—obviously is giving them the contract that gives them sec- security, and then through that, everything else calms yeah. down. Everything else calms down. And, and it's just, it's the right way to go moving forward, in my opinion, for race teams. Well, the best way to be recognized is big winning. And coming
2: up, we're going to turn our focus to Saturday's Xfinity race and another milestone for the Burton family. NASCAR America on NBCSN is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you
1: need.
4: to decide who wins in montana California. Harrison trying to close
3: the deal today. It's about
4: to focus. Blasted effort! Here comes Riley Herbst to the bottom. They're side by side for the lead in turn four. A Burton's going back to victory lane in NASCAR. Great job, buddy. Good we'll to see a smoky burn out here on the
1: first stretch. Let's go, boys! Oh, that's bad. do this all
3: Let's go. All we've heard is we can't do it. We can't do it. We'll never do what the last year's 20 did, and we're off to a good start. Hell yeah, we won. That's awesome.
2: Very impressive for a 19-year-old. And something about the Burtons, not only on leap years, but leap day. Harrison Burton in 2020, Ward Burton in 1992. That is impressive. I think 2048, I hear, is the next uh, leap day race. So I don't know if there's going to be a Burton in it. But if it is, I'm going to take that in Vegas. All right, so I've worked with Jeff Burton, the analyst, for a long time. I have kids. When my children do something, it replaces Anything I've ever done in my career. So I don't want analyst Jeff Burton.
3: How about dad Jeff Burton? All
2: the years, all the laps. How cool was that?
3: Yeah, it was really cool. You know, like last year, after last year, a lot of people were questioning you know, whether he could win. And you know, I'll brag just a little bit. Everything he's ever sat in and he's won in and won big races and won championships. And last year was was odd. Like it just didn't look right. It was something, you know, it just didn't work out. So it, it it brought a lot of questions into, you know, what what he could do. And then watching the first three races this year, uh kind of, you know, it's kind of showing people and himself mainly that's what matters showing himself that he can do it and remind himself that he can do it and uh that's the main thing you know listen you want to see your kids be successful you know to me having being able to do what you love to do that's that's success right and and he wants to do this loves doing it and uh he's blessed to have the opportunity and it's it's good to see him coming it all coming together it was impressive. I
2: was impressed, but I'm not sure 28 years between the two Burton wins on Leap Day. <laughs> I thought for sure when I saw the stat, it was going to be Jeff Burton. Word beat you to it. So uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. One thing else I learned is that you're a pretty good Harrison Burton fan, but you got nothing on your wife, Kim. Now, Kim Burton okay. is a Harrison Burton fan. I've, uh, her reaction to the victory was as good as anything I've seen. First of all, I couldn't have her on the pit box next to me because she would make me nervous, as nervous as she looks. But uh, the excitement says it all as the race winds
3: down. Yeah, she's, uh, she's decided to sit further back on the pit box, trying to not make sure she doesn't beat Ben Bayshore's head off during the race out of nerves. So she's moved herself further away. She I always got, thought, you know, I always thought when she was watching me on the pit box, she was so nervous because she knew me long enough where she's pretty sure I was going to screw something up. <laughs> you know, that's. <laughs> but oh. I think watching her son, she's uh, she's pretty convinced that he can do it. And she's just she's just been right there every step of the way. For well, sure. Your first couple
2: in on the left there. Ninety seven down in Texas. Do
4: they, do they have to reinforce the pit box? Because I mean, like. She is jumping up and down.
3: Yeah, we, the Snowball Derby a couple years ago, she actually damaged the pit box, <laughs> which she, she owned. So I guess it was okay. But, but at some point during the race, I'm like, you've got to stop. like, <laughs> you're ch- damaging the box. But well, yeah, she, 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 you know, listen, she, uh, her, when you know her, she, you know exactly how she feels at all times. No, I love it. <laughs> you don't I have get, to question it. I do. I love it. Well, I mentioned 2048 is the next
2: race on Leap Day. So uh, we, got, we got, I see Jeff over there with a the cane. I see Harrison in the middle of the sport coat. So I don't know who the younger uh, Burton is going to be, but um, your money's going to have to be on him. Something about leap leap. Years. You know it's sad? That's, that's really my picture. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we don't want to get any more deeper into this. Coming up, we're going to have some more stories from Sunday's race. We're going to go through the field, talk about a rookie who had a great run, and maybe have a little chat about Jimmy Johnson as well. Well, in case you missed the ARCA West season opener from Las Vegas, you can watch it and many other races on demand with Track Pass on NBC Sports Gold. Learn more at NBCSports.com slash Track wasn't
4: a second place car, but uh, thankfully we got a good finish out of here to try to get some points. We
3: finished the end of last year so strong, I don't know what we're missing here, but um, obviously it's little bit of something here or there maybe a little bit of something in a few different areas but overall um, you know good car today race happens just uh, quarter to right rear there at the end and, and gave up a good finish but uh, just lost lead um, and he, they got his car better I just kind of got too loose at the end there um, but we swallowed up on a restart and I uh, had to drive our way back up there so just uh, that one didn't work out in our favor but um, Unfortunately, into the day again. To be able to gain speed with
4: cars on the straightaway, and then once you get all by yourself, you actually lose speed. It's a whole different type of racing, and I'm glad that I had a good car to do it all with. I messed up on a pit queue, but to have a third place run
0: right here in Monster Energy's backyard, uh, this was a solid run for our Chevy. Sadly, exactly. we couldn't adjust the car enough on the pit stops to get the tight out of it. It was really competitive and racing at the start of a run, which just fake too much at the end. And at the end, I thought I was going to blow a tire. I think I'm to the cords on my front, so I was really nervous that. Uh, I wasn't even going to finish the race, but salvaged a top 10 out of it, um, two-thirds, I think, in the stages, uh, so we're, we're heading the right direction.
2: Emotional day for Jimmy, obviously, from Fontana, but how about this, guys? 26 races at Fontana, every single lap complete, over 5,900 laps run. It blew, I mean, that blows my mind. It's insane.
4: For several reasons. As the driver, the reliability of the race car to never have an issue not even uh, lap down. I mean, it's like, 5,906
3: laps. Uh, I, I can't fathom it. That's crazy. You're on the list. I saw that. I thought that, I thought
4: that was wrong, but. You
3: Ooh. made it. I, listen, Jimmy Johnson has been uh, the pleasant surprise of the year, right? I yeah, mean, I, I, I just, you'd have told me Jimmy Johnson and his team would be having this success this early in the year coming off of what they did last year, I would have said no. Of course, I wouldn't have thought Hendrick Motorsports would be having the success they have. So good to see uh, Jimmy Johnson well, listen, we don't, we don't, We don't have favorite drivers, but I think you'd have to be crazy to see a guy like Jimmy Johnson that has had the success that he's had not to want him to do well, right? In that final year, you want to see a guy like Jimmy Johnson compete and have a chance to win races, and so far they've been able to do that. To be someone as good as he is has done as much as he's done, as humbly as he's done it. Yeah.
2: He deserves to have the final year sender off. It's as simple as that. And he doesn't- call it what it is, they keep having runs, and you can see the energy in Jimmy's interviews. Yeah. That's scary for
4: the rest of the field because you start giving them some confidence like, hey, this isn't just maybe I can win a race or two
2: this year. Maybe I can go win a championship and win my eighth. That's not good for the rest of the field. All right, so that's Jimmy. There's a bunch of guys in that sound right there. Let's run through a bunch of them. How about Kurt Busch? Kurt Busch had a pretty decent
3: run there. Another Chevrolet. Yeah, he had a really good, really good run. Had you know, missed pit stall, missed pit stall. That set him back. He was fast in practice, fast in the race. Uh, that's good, good to see. I, I think Kyle Larson had a fast car. Also, he ended up having problems, but uh, good to see Kurt Busch running well. Another Chevy. Tyler Reddick, rookie campaign, 11th, almost in the top ten. Yeah, for sure. And, and RCR definitely still needs to keep
4: building more speed in their race cars, but. Tyler Reddick last week at Vegas was going to have a solid run, got swallowed up on the the final restart there, didn't get the finish. He fought hard. He was aggressive on these restarts because knowing he didn't have the speed on the long runs, he had to get everything he could early in the runs
2: and came home solid 11th is a a good start to his cup career. Since you guys talk drivers, I'm going to talk crew chiefs and two crew chiefs that weren't there on Sunday, and that are the JTG Doherty crew chiefs. They both had issues in inspection. Um, They were basically ejected, so they weren't able to take part. Uh, I talked to Brian Patty, actually today on the phone. Uh, as always, as you try to make improvements, you try to find areas to work within. I didn't see the part, but I'm going to agree with what Brian said. Normally, crew chiefs don't blatantly cheat. What they do is they try to find a way within the rules to find an advantage. It's usually kind of wordsmithing. If they mean this, what's this? The intent is usually where these issues get in trouble. Ryan thought he was within the intent of the rule. NASCAR felt very confident he was not. I'm not going to argue with NASCAR. He even accepted the punishment, said, hey, they gave me a case. They ejected us. Uh, as long as everyone's inspected the same way, he's okay with it. I have faith that NASCAR will inspect them, but definitely not the kind of momentum you
3: want out of JTG, who had a kind of a start, good start to the year going. Yeah, they did. They don't, they, don't want to, they don't want to be in that situation, but they got themselves there. But they're trying hard. When you're trying hard to get yourself where you need to be, sometimes you make those mistakes. What we'll Denny Hamlin the Hammond, Daytona 500 winner. Uh, looked like they struggled all week long, but still found a way. You know, managed the race. We, we saw him get into Larson right here, just simply a mistake, uh, trying to push too hard and just got Larson in the wall. These two guys are good buddies. This wasn't on purpose. Doesn't help Larson any that wasn't on purpose. But, but you know, a little surprised, as we talked about last week, with how uh, the Joe Gibbs racing cars have run. They just have not been. I really thought coming into this year they – were going to be the favorites. The way they ran last year, coming into this year, I just thought they were going to be the ones to beat. But so far, uh, they've not had the speed that I thought they would. Yeah, I mean, early in the race,
4: I thought we were going to be talking about them again this weekend, just being outside the top 10. They fought hard as an organization to get back in. Den- Denny probably won the award for best pusher or most aggressive pusher because it seemed like anybody that was in front of him, he didn't lift and he tried to help them or, or hurt them, however you want to look at it. But uh we could say it was a, a, not a great day, and he
2: finished sixth. Well, social media always gives us gems. They ran into each other on the racetrack, and apparently they're out shopping together. They oh, run bad. into each other oh, on the racetrack. So I might have been okay with the one on the racetrack, but then don't make fun of it later. Oh, like, bad. that might have got my attack. I might have been a little unhappy with the move and the thing. But he, coming up? He paid for all the groceries, though. Oh, so. All right. We're getting ready to take a trip down under at the top of the hour. We'll explain why when NASCAR America returns. AJ, I know you're pumped. Coming up next on NBCSN, it's the season opener of the World Superbike Championship from down in Australia. The big question is, can Jonathan Ray win his sixth consecutive series title right here on NBCSN Next? Oh, my calls. gosh, it just lit up.
0: Holy cow, they're going crazy. All right, we, to, we have to get to some of these calls. All right, let's do it. Right.
2: Yes, sir. Well,
3: it's tough to get through here like, like it is some Toyotas of pre-race tech. But Ooh. what
4: should <laughs> NASCAR have to start lineup
3: line up from first practice? I'm just wondering if this is the year Chase Elliott breaks out. Alex Bowman, Kurt
0: Busch, Cole Custer, or Dale Earnhardt Jr. a chance. you just uh, listed half the... You are my man. It's gonna oh. go off the rails. Oh, off the rails. Hang on. <laughs>
2: Motor Mouse, I'm on it tomorrow night. Call in with some great questions, Tuesday and Thursday. What do you think they're gonna talk about? New rules
3: at Phoenix this week. You think the fans are gonna to want to call and talk about that? Did you see Kyle Petty? He had sold had a sold-out show this week. He'll call and ask Kyle Petty about his performance. You see, man, he was singing, I, playing guitar. Listen, but I'm excited about this weekend. I need the new rules package at Phoenix. I am very excited about that. I think that was the right thing to do. I think you're going to see a much better race at Phoenix. I can't believe they're letting me back on Motor Mouse. Too many shows of Cobb Petty, I'm losing my filter.
2: It's going to be a blast. You have a filter? Oh, no. I did. Can you imagine no. that? Wait till it's gone. It'll be its that. own show. I'm not sure yeah. how long it'll last. I have last. heard your radio. I don't think you do have a filter. <laughs> but, now I agree with Jeff. You
4: want low downforce drivers. want the car sliding around. You want to be able to make maneuvers. I think you're really going to see Phoenix kind of go back to the old where you can run on the apron. You can almost run near the fence. So,
3: it's going to be a, a great race. And is probably going to a new tire. Much, much softer tire. Because of the lower downforce, it'll be interesting to see if that thing wears out and we get that stuff like we've been seeing the last few weeks. Winner? Oh, it'll go there.
2: Uh, Kevin Harvick. Winner? Low downforce. Kyle Bush. Toyota, Ford, I'll take a Chevy. Chase Elliott. Okay. Chase Elliott. All right, that'll do it for NASCAR America. As I mentioned, I'm back with Marty and Kyle on Motor Mouse 2048. A Burton will be in victory lane. <laughs> We're hoping Jeff only needs one cane. <laughs>